Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. What's up, guys? It is me, your host, Nick. This is Nick's Nerd News. Today is October 26th, 2022. This is episode 233. That's kind of, kind of, comes off as kind of fake, doesn't it, when I do it that way? Yeah, I'm kind of realizing that now. Anyway, who cares? We won't do it again. <laughs> um, you're going to have to suffer through that anytime you want to listen to this week's episode. Uh, how are you guys doing? Y'all excited for Halloween? Halloween is Monday. I'm sure a majority of you will be, you know, celebrating this weekend, though. Uh, got any good costumes? Anyone? Anyone? No? Okay. I mean, I asked, so don't get mad and say I didn't ask, because I did. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. How are you guys doing? Y'all, y'all doing good? You having a good week? Uh, you excited that uh, we're getting closer and closer to the big one? You know, Christmas? Right? Right? No? Maybe? Anywho, uh, glad you guys could join us, right? Um, as always, you know, like, share, subscribe, do that interesting stuff. It's, it's up to you, really. I mean, it, it's no skin off my back if you want to poke, prod, Thumbs up, thumbs down, give a star, don't give a, give a negative star, leave a comment, leave a um, negative comment, I, like, I'm all in good fun, bro, all in good fun, I'm happy, I'm happy if you're happy, right, are you guys hanging out on the Discord that I sometimes post to, that I'm trying to get better at, do you guys, you guys go, I, I mean, it's cool. If you do, or if you don't, there's some cool people in there um, to hang out with, and there's cool places to post memes and things like that. There's a spot for Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo. You want to talk about Game of Thrones or or Rings of Power? You want to talk about Rick, Rick and Morty? You want to talk about Star Wars or Star Trek or new movies or vi- any video game in general or anything man it's it's all there um if you want it'd be really cool if you did though hang out get to know each other other fans of the show uh just search nixner news it is the name of the server uh just like the show so check out the discord it's uh it is live and uh hopefully hopefully new friendships blossom um other than that, why don't we get right into it today, shall we? Shall we? Well, uh, a lot, a lot going on today, uh, this week in general, uh, and a lot of stuff happened today too, surprisingly. Um, but we're going to talk about video games first, as usual, and I want to talk about Gotham Knights. I have spent a few hours with the game, and I can see why a lot of people don't like it. It uh, it doesn't feel like a game that came out in 2022. It feels like a game that came out on like the Xbox 360. Like to talk to characters, you have to like do a long button press. Which really, 
Uh, to access menus, you have to do a long button press. The UI is kind of broken, fugazi, kind of BS. Like, I do not really like the UI. Um, the 30 frames per second shit doesn't bother me, like, at all. But it, it, it the game has other issues. And for a studio that's already made an Arkham game, the 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 combat flow in this game is fucking awful. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Like, it doesn't flow properly. And the button pressing, um, it's not fluid, I should say. Like, you, you can get into a rhythm if you time the combos right. But, like, the rarity of that, and it's not even that I'm pressing them slower or anything like that. Like, I've played other games that have nice... Um, like combat flow recently using the same speed and it doesn't get as clunky as Gotham Knights is getting. And that that's my issue. Where it's like Rocksteady killed it with Arkham. I don't like Arkham Origins, but WB Montreal made Arkham Origins and it, it played like Arkham. They're making Gotham Knights and Gotham Knights just comes off as like not great it feels closer to arkham asylum than it does to arkham city and i know it's not an arkham game so i don't want to compare it too much but obviously the comparisons are going to be there because it is a batman game uh, you could almost call it like a sequel to arkham knight because spoiler warning and it's not really a spoiler because it's all over the marketing batman's dead um but it, it, there's there's other issues with it and it, even the traversal around the city driving on the bat cycle not fun it seems slow even though technically you're going fast cuz it's got like the air uh like moving by you they do that like effect on the screen uh city traversal is is bunk and you don't get to like i don't it's not fast travel but you don't get to use like glide and uh, other abilities like that until you unlock your knighthood uh, ability or levels, and that's like towards the end of the game. So it's like, um, that's really stupid. You should be able to do that from the beginning because you're Batman's apprentices. Um, honestly, though, too, like, that Batman deserved to die. A, whoever the voice is for that Batman is shit. I'm just gonna come out and say it. They made Rachel Ghoul fucking stupid. And, like, look, I understand they can't always cast top-tier talent for every game, right? But you're Warner Brothers, and this is Batman, and this is a highly anticipated game. You don't skimp out on your voice cast for your Batman characters, okay? You don't. That is not what you do. If it's a new IP or something like that, sure, fine, whatever. But not with Batman. I understand you can't get Kevin Conroy to be Batman every single time. I, like, I, that's fine. I understand. And he's kind of retiring from the role anyway. It's probably rough on his voice and his vocal cords. But at the same time, there are plenty of other people that can voice Batman well and have done it before. Right? It just, it, it's just, it's jarring. And it's a weird thing to complain about. But... As a big Batman fan, I, I'm going to complain about things like this. Um, 
I'm still going to finish it. I don't know if I'll put as much extra time into it as I do other open world RPGs. Um, but it it is definitely not the game I was expecting. Um, and from what I can see on the internet, it's not a game that a lot of people... It's not the game a lot of people were expecting. And, and, and it's unfortunate. But... That's the nature of game development. Not every, not everything's a winner. Um, so, so the UK government... So we all know that uh, as of right now, it's the UK government that's holding up the Activision... Uh, per, the purchase of Activision by Microsoft. And, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago about how they essentially sided with Sony and said some really stupid things. Well... We're now learning that they're looking to talk to the general public. Uh, they're asking the general public for their opinions. The UK government has opened uh, a forum up, essentially. Um, the Comp- Competition and Market Authority has published its issue statement, and uh, you are free to share your view. Uh, you can do so until the 28th, which is Friday. And I, I uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going to go on here. Um, I wonder if the public opinion will sway them. I have no idea. Granted, opening things up to the public is never a good idea. We'll see how it goes. Um, a new Digimon World game is coming to PC and, and Switch. Uh, and on top of that, the developers... I think that's, uh, who is it? Who owns Digimon? Um, I don't remember. Um, but, uh, not Konami. Um, anyway, uh, more Digimon games are in the works. So Digimon World Next Order is the next JRPG, which I'm very excited for because I love the Digimon World games. And it is a monster raising training game, not like... Digimon World 2, which kind of turned into a a dungeon crawler. And 3 kind of was like a card game. Um, But the Switch and Steam versions are coming. And um, more are coming in the future as multiple games are in the works. Which makes me very, very happy. Um, As much as I love Pokemon, I love Digimon as well. Oh, Namco Bandai. I, I knew it was one of those companies. Um, anyway, anyway, um, Naughty Dog has announced that they want to have a bigger presence on PC, um, essentially with, as, as I think the Uncharted Drake's Fortune collection is coming. Oh, Legacy of Thieves collection is coming to PC. Um, and they want to have a quote, bigger focus on the platform going forward, unquote. Uh, Vice President C- Christian Gerling, uh, the Vice President of Naughty Dog, said in a blog post um, that they said, quote, we're able to look ahead to the future of Naughty Dog games on PC more excitedly than ever, unquote. Um, he also said, quote, we're excited to be offering The Last of Us Part 1 on PC in the future and know that moving forward, adding PC development to the way we develop games uh, which in no way undermines the importance of PlayStation 5 as our primary platform, will continue to benefit our team in the long run. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection 
PC releases a transformative pivot point for Naughty Dog. We not only have another chance to celebrate our beloved franchise, but also introduce it to so many new players. In doing so, we set the stage for Naughty Dog to deliver high-quality games on PlayStation 5 with the option of a PC release as well, with the understanding of how to create cater to the different needs of both audiences now and in the future, unquote. So if you don't have a PS5 or PS4, you'll be able to play all the Uncharted games, which, hands down, are some of the best games ever made. Literally, some of the best games ever made. And with that, we've also learned that Sony is setting up a new studio to help Naughty Dog on a new project. So it'll be interesting to see where all that goes moving forward. Uh, CD Projekt Red has announced that they have no plans for more... uh, 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 cyberpunk edge runners. Um, that's the anime that's, uh, takes place within the cyberpunk 2077 world. I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it yet, but I'm very excited to, uh, CD project red also announced, uh, that they will be remaking the first Witcher game in unreal engine five. Uh, but don't expect that anytime soon. Uh, Capcom had a bit of a resident evil little showcase last week. Uh, The biggest thing, of course, they announced was Resident Evil 4 is getting an official remake, and that will release on March 24th. Uh, The Bayonetta saga continues. Um, More and more stories keep coming out in regards to what she was paid, what she wasn't paid, what she was offered. Um, Helena Taylor, the former voice actress, said yes, they offered her 10 grand. And then more, and, and, and it's she declined the fifteen. Ultimately, came out to five grand, fifteen grand, excuse me. And eleven months later, also turned down an offer of four grand to work in a cameo role. Um, I, she, this is turning into a big, big thing, and it's unfortunate because it's hurting. It's going to hurt the game more than anything it's going to hurt the developers more than anything they're they're the one like look i get it you got to pay your voice talent what they're owed would i call bayonetta a triple a game that deserves maybe higher pay than others i don't know i don't know what the numbers are i don't know what platinum has to throw around like if you spend x amount developing the game you might not have enough to to throw at the voice casting and some voice stars will do it I don't want to say take a pay cut, but they'll do it because they love the character, right? Um, We had a similar issue with what happened with the return of Futurama and, of course, John DiMaggio, who I would argue is worth way more than what they offered him because he is Bender. He's literally one of the stars of the show. Bayonetta, on the other hand, you know, games come out every so often. Platinum's not the biggest studio. The game is only on Switch, so I don't know what kind of numbers that means. So, I, I like I see both sides. I really do, and I don't. I personally don't know where to side in it. Um, moving over to Pokemon now, we have learned uh, the game is out in a few weeks. We have learned that NPCs will not attack you on sight. Uh, in a massive change to the franchise, and I mean massive. This has been a staple since Red and Blue. Um, you have to actively talk to the NPCs to start the battle, which is wild to me that it just, it's not going to play out like we used to think. 
which I get it. Sometimes they're annoying. They get in your way, especially if, if you don't have enough potions and very far from a Pokemon Center and you're trying to get through somewhere. But that also lowers the difficulty, the challenge of the game. So I don't know, I don't know exactly how I feel about that, but we'll find out soon. Um, let's see. Steam has broken its concurrent players record again with 30 million active players at one time, which is a wild number to me. Uh, another week, another story about Activision Blizzard. This time, uh, it looks like they did not get their gender discrimination suit dismissed as they were hoping. Um, they were hoping to have the gender discrimination lawsuit filed against them by the state of California thrown out. But, uh, this is per Axios, the Court of Appeal dismissed their claims that the California Civil Rights Department um, broke its own rules in a rush to follow a lawsuit, quote-unquote. And, obviously, Activision Blizzard is disappointed, but uh, the CRD, which is the California uh, Civil Rights Department, said... Quote, with the Court of Appeals denial of a writ of mandate, the CRD will continue litigating this case to enforce the civil rights guarantees in their Fair Employment and Housing Act and the California Equal Pay Act on behalf of women who work for Activision. Uh, the Court of Appeals ruling allows the CRD to continue pursuing relief for the thousands of women in California who have suffered sex-based discrimination, harassment, and retaliation as Activision workers. Quote, unquote. Thousands? Was it really thousands? That seems high. I can understand hundreds. Maybe it is thousands. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, they're still going to court over it. Uh, speaking of which, Creative Assembly, the studio behind uh, Total War, is investigating its own allegations of California employees of abuse within the studio. Uh, on a, a tweet from their official account, it said that uh, though Creative Assembly itself did not specific, specify the nature of the allegations. Oh, wait, hold on. Sorry, that's wrong. Um, ignore what I just said. This is what they said via a official statement. It says, quote, We have been made aware of deeply concerning and serious allegations regarding a former California employee. We recognize how important and often difficult it is for individuals to speak up about these experiences. And we welcome those who feel able to do so. We are dedicated to providing a safe and inclusive environment for our people and ensure they are heard. It is clear we need to do better. We are investigating this matter through an external party to fully understand what happened, quote-unquote. Uh, they also went on to say, quote, If you are a former employee and feel able to share your experiences in support of our investigation, please reach out at whistle.blowing at creative-assembly.com, uh, unquote. So... Creative Assembly is doing essentially the opposite of what Activision Blizzard is. They're literally welcoming the investigation. They want to clear it up. They want to solve it. And most of them, most of these places don't usually provide a whistleblowing site like that. Um, it doesn't seem like they're fighting it. They want to nip it in the bud, which is a good sign from companies. It's rare to see them take the right stand sometimes. But it's good to see. Amazon has finally given us our first look at the Fallout show they are, they are creating, making, that will premiere on Amazon Prime Video. And it shows two silhouetted figures standing in front of a vault, open vault door from within the vault. 
So it looks like they are going for as much of the video game as possible. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, this past week, the other day, was the 25th anniversary of the uh, what, Elder Age of Empires games. Elder Scrolls, I don't know why I said that. Uh, and they had a whole anniversary stream. It was announced that next year, the Age of Empires 4 and Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition will both be coming to console, Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass, and they will also be joining Xbox Cloud Streaming to allow you to play the games on the go on any mobile device that you have access to, which is a big win for the Age of Empires franchise. It will be the, those will be the first Age of Empires games that will be on console. Uh, we've also learned that Nintendo Classic controllers that they recently re announced, those new Bluetooth ones that, uh, I don't remember if there was a GameCube one, but there was Nintendo, there was an N64 one. Those now work with Apple devices. So if you have an iPhone, iPad, things like that, you can connect those controllers and play games with them. Um, we've also learned that with as supply chains start to ease, uh, we actually learned recently that the ship backlog that was plaguing Long Beach has gone from about 60 to 70 plus ships down to about 10 or less. So that's a big indication that some things are starting to ease, but that doesn't mean all of our supply chain woes have gone. There's still trucking and container issues. Uh, however, we've learned via a new report that the Xbox console sales are up 13% for the period between July and September compared to the same time last year. While they don't give hard numbers, uh, we do know that it is up over the same period last year. Um, considering the same period last year saw an increase of 166% uh, compared to 2020. So that means 13% higher than 166% more than the year before. That math doesn't probably sound right, but if you get what I mean. Um, hardware sales were down 11% last quarter from the prior year. Uh, so that 13% rise is is pretty big. Um, but, uh, which is, it's also interesting that it doesn't tie into like a big game launch. Uh, but we'll see if uh, things are moving up sales-wise and... Um, but uh, we'll see what happens um, in the long term. Kind of losing myself on that one. Uh, Phil Spencer was talking uh, at a Wall Street panel today. And uh, Tom Warren of The Verge got a lot of interesting things out of him. Um, and uh, Phil Spencer had this to say about the metaverse, which I think is hilarious. Quote, today it's a poorly built video game. Building a metaverse that's like a living room is not how I want to spend my time. Um, what I see in the metaverse world is that we're at the early stage and this will evolve, quote unquote. Which is really funny because we're going to talk about the metaverse in a little bit. But uh, Phil got pretty candid about several other things as well. Um, especially about Game Pass. And while he did say that it is profitable... Um, they compromise around 10 to 15 percent of the. It compromises around 10 to 15 percent of Xbox's overall revenue. Um, 
he also went on to say, quote, we're seeing incredible growth on PC. On console, I've seen growth slow down, mainly because at some point you've reached everybody on console that wants to subscribe. Um, he also said, quote, I think it will stay in that 10 to 15% range. I do think at some point we'll have to raise the prices on certain things. But going into this holiday, we've thought it was important to maintain the prices. We've held the price on our console. We've held the price on games and on our subscriptions. I don't think we'll be able to do that forever. I do think at some point we'll have to raise some prices on certain things, quote unquote. Now, does that mean he'll increase prices? They'll increase prices to $70 for all Xbox Series X and S games? I don't know. Uh, Sony's already done that and seen some big backlash from gamers. I have read several articles from several people indicating how that is not a long-term thing that can the, the industry can support, which I totally understand. Uh, does that mean in, an increase in price for Game Pass? More than likely that will happen first. Um, I mean, you're getting a lot for what it is. And I know it's not cheap to begin with. Uh, but, again, you are getting a lot of it. And, and, yes, there's justifications. Oh, if you play two games, then you're getting your full game price worth. Oh, blah, 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 blah. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's still an affordable thing for a lot of people. So, again, you, you got to take everything with a grain of salt, right? Uh, we'll see, though, ultimately what happens. Um, but we'll, we'll see what ends up going up in price and what, uh, what doesn't go up in price and how that will all play out in the future. Uh, Meta or Facebook also had an earnings call today and it looks like more than likely the Meta Quest 3 will probably release sometime next year. Uh, no word yet on an official name, date, or anything like that. Uh, but they said that it might be in the four, five, or three, four, five hundred dollar ranges, which I don't know what that means. They just announced the Meta Quest Pro, which is fifteen hundred dollars. Um, they're pushing more and more into the metaverse, but it looks like the metaverse is not making money. They've already spent $9.4 billion on it already. Phil Spencer called it, you know, what I said about video games. Um, and we've also learned that it's already accrued $3.7 billion in losses from operations. That's a big loss. Um, Jesus. They lost $6.9 billion on it last year. So that's three more billion dollars this year compared to last year. But not necessarily revenue. Um, they still made $29 billion for the quarter, which is outrageous that Meta is making that kind of money. All from ads, probably. Um, wow. So, hmm. I guess uh, Snapchat. Do they own Snapchat? I don't know. But. We'll figure out, we'll see if the Metaverse actually takes off. Uh, you know, they, they're trying to push the MetaQuest Pro as this thing you can have your work meetings in and stuff. And it's like, I don't know how many people are going to be down for that. It's like what Phil said about stuff in your living room. Like, no, I don't, uh, the long term, I don't know. I can maybe see like AR, like what the HoloLens kind of is. But I, I, I don't know how the MetaQuest Pro will ultimately work out. 
but that's a lot of money, $9 billion. Uh, Sony has announced the PS Plus games for November. Uh, those will be Nioh 2, Lego Harry Potter Collection, and Heavenly Bodies. Uh, Nioh 2 is supposed to be a really fun game. Uh, Hideo Kojima was speaking today and was talking about the future of his next game. And one of them will, according to him, quote, it's almost like a new medium. If this succeeds, it will turn things around, not just in the game industry, but in the movie industry as well, quote unquote. He was speaking to The Guardian. Um, it's fresh technology, new concept. And uh, he, <laughs> he also said he perhaps, quote, for the first person, everything is hard, but I want to be the first. I want to keep being the first, quote unquote. So obviously not focused on money. Uh, he also went on to say, quote, it's a completely new game that has no that no one has ever experienced or seen before. I've waited very long for the day when I could finally start to create it, uh, quote unquote. So this may be his Xbox project. So or uh Death Stranding sequel. Who knows? But Kojima, ever the visionary. And people will buy it because it's Kojima. Uh, Rocksteady Studios has lost its co-founders. They are leaving the studio at the end of the year. Uh, they feel that the work they've done, uh, they co-created the Arkham games as well. They feel that their uh, development on Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is... Uh, going at a good pace that they're comfortable enough to walk away uh, while they're not retiring from the games industry they will be doing something new in the gaming space just not with rocksteady um, what does this mean for the studio i don't know what does this mean for suicide squad kill the justice league i don't know uh, it'll be interesting to see though if this affects the game or not i i don't think so because i think that game probably really is realistically almost done I, I don't think um there's a whole lot left on the game it was supposed to come out this year it's all it's been delayed a few times but again i i don't i don't see that game needing too much work and i don't think you need the studio heads or co-founders of the studio necessarily working there I, I can see how it can cause maybe morale issues but who knows we'll see how it ultimately affects the the studio moving forward um and then my final bit of gaming news today, it's actually something really cool. Uh, someone has scanned every single game manual belonging to PlayStation 2 games in 4K image quality. And uh, Kirkland, who is a game preservationist, um, like I said, a complete set of every U.S., so every game released in the United States, PS2 game manual, online in 4K. You can view it for free at any time. Apparently, he spent forty grand to do it. Uh, this is via Kotaku. Um, he has preserved over 1,900 PS2 game manuals, variants, art books, mini guides, and comics, and uh, uploaded them to archive.org in 4K. Um, essentially, this is all before the digital age, right? Because game manuals don't even come with games anymore. Um, that's crazy. Uh, the entire package is around 17 gigs, and it was 230 before compression. 17 is very small. Um, you can or, They're organized alphabetically, so you can jump to them with ease. Um, you can go right from Final Fantasy X 
and switch to then the Spirits Within or uh, X2 or other games. Um, it said He said it took him 22 years to complete. And he said, quote, our kids, he wanted our kids to be able to enjoy what we did, quote unquote. Uh, he also said, quote, the goal is to raise some awareness for game preservation efforts. So many games growing up shaped how we looked at and experienced the world. Of course, as we grow up, we move to other things. But there are a lot of us who have nostalgia for these things and want our kids to be able to enjoy what we did. The whole read your books your father read deal, and there have been great efforts to preserve games. VGHF, the Strong Museum, and grassroots efforts like MAME, Redump.org, No Intro, and Cowering's Good Tools before that. Which I always thought, this is great. We're going to have to have everything preserved. But without the manuals, we're not going to know how to play them, quote-unquote. Um, wow, he had to take the staples out of each one, scan each one. Um, he used apps to clean them up, first in 2K resolution, now 4K resolution. Um, wow, uh, he actually did a full set of U.S. Super Nintendo manuals in 2K resolution. Um, he's trying to upgrade those into 4K. And has also done it for Atari 2600 and Game Boy. Wow, this dude is dedicated. Hopefully that's just a side gig. Because I don't know how you get money for that. Um, but that is it for gaming news. Let's swap over to TV. So, what's going on on the sil- no, silver screen the movies. On the boob tube, as I used to say. Well, uh, the Duffer Brothers have found a writer for their Death Note show. Uh, in Halia Abdul, oh, what's what's her name? Sorry, I uh, let me get her last name right. I wrote it down too small. Uh, so her name is Halia Abdul Megwid. I might be saying that wrong. Uh, she's written for Doctor Who, Shades of Grace, Miss Amity, Adamantine, and the Muse. So uh, not a whole lot, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Uh, the Duffer Brothers, of course, created Stranger Things, um, and now they are producing a live-action Death Note for Netflix. Uh, now it has a writer. Uh, House of the Dragon just wrapped up its first season, uh, but it looks like season two probably won't get here until 2024. So both major high fantasy shows this year, uh, Rings of Power and House of the Dragon, probably won't see their second seasons for at least... Uh, another year and a half two years so it sucks but that's the nature of things nowadays uh hbo has also announced that succession season four will release in the springtime uh no set date just that it's coming in spring 2023 um apple tv plus has raised its prices to 6.99 uh effective yesterday essentially also a $2 price hike, which is wild to me. It's rare, rare that they do that. Um, that's crazy. They also announced the uh, change in price to Apple One, which is like their whole Unity thing, like everything on uh, Apple Home and stuff like that have also gone up in price. Um, and switching back over to Netflix real quick, we've learned that from some former producers of their Witcher show, some of the writers actively tried to distance the show from both the books and the games. Uh, Bo DeMaio, who is a former producer and writer on the show, 
um, was speaking with the direct, uh, participating in a Q&A, and he discussed his role. He's actually going to be the showrunner on X-Men 97 coming to Disney+. Plus, and um, he said that if you were going to write for the show, you had to be a fan, which makes sense, um, mainly because of his experience on The Witcher. He said, quote, I've been on a show, namely Witcher, where some of the writers were not actively, not or actively disliked the books and games, even actively mocking the source material. It's a recipe for disaster and bad morale. Fandom as a litmus test checks egos and makes all the long nights worth it. You have to respect the work you're, before you're allowed to add to its legacy, um, quote unquote. See, um, I, I get that. And I, I mostly support that idea. However, Tony Gilroy isn't really a fan of Star Wars and he's killing it with Andor, which again is a rare instance. Um, sometimes when you get actors or directors or writers and they don't like the, the source material, like, like, like he's right, it kind of does create this recipe for disaster type idea, right? Because then they don't know what they're doing. Um, obviously, if they become fans during the process, that's different. But if they actively go in saying, I'm going to ignore all that, I don't care about that, stuff like that, then you're, you're going to put yourself in a situation where you can piss off the fans, right? And yes, obviously these shows and movies and things are not always made for just the fans. They're made for the gen pop. But you need that core audience, those fans, to be able to watch it and like it so they can tell their friends who aren't as deep, say, hey, this is a really good show. I think you'll like it for this, this, and this reason, not necessarily just the fan service. Because fan service can go either way right you can have fan service that's like the rise of skywalker where it doesn't work uh and then you can have fan service like um shit what was i watching recently that uh or you have fan service like ghostbusters afterlife where it it doesn't lean too heavily into it but it works and it plays off and it, it builds into the a better story so there there's 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 a fine line um, but again, if, if everyone in the writer's room is a fan, then you're going to have people that will kind of work off each other creatively. Like maybe this person knows this stuff. This person knows that stuff. You can work together. Um, obviously, some people are going to be bigger fans than others. But as long as they're all fans, I, I think it, it works in their favor. Um, I saw a panel from Star Trek Day where uh, Mike McMahon, Mike McMahon, saying that some probably wrong, uh, the creator of Lower Decks. He's a big Star Wars nerd. But um, Tony Newsom, who is the star who plays Mariner, is actually a, just as big, if not a bigger fan of Star Trek. And he goes to her for stuff. So it's like, yes, as long as everyone's fans, it will work together. It will work. But again, sometimes when you go too deep into fan service, it can blow up in your face. Um... Any way, moving forward, uh, we've learned that Disney Plus will be the home, streaming home, of Doctor Who outside of the UK starting next year when the new Doctor takes over. Um, while the BBC will remain the Doctor's home in the UK and Ireland, uh, worldwide it will be on Disney Plus. Um, starts November 2023 when the 60th anniversary kicks off and we do get our new Doctor. Uh, however, 
the only place to watch all of Doctor Who is on HBO Max, all 13 series. Remember, in, in the UK, they call seasons series. Um, and that way you can watch Christopher Eccleston, David Tennant, Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi, and Jodie Whittaker uh, before the show comes back next year. Uh, they will remain on HBO Max after their transition to Disney+, Plus. so don't worry about them leaving anywhere. Uh, I don't know if older Doctors are there, though. So uh, Christopher, e- Christopher Eccleston is the ninth Doctor? Hold on. Oh, wow, I totally guessed that. He is the, <laughs> he is the ninth Doctor. So Doctors 1 through 8, I don't know where you can watch those. Uh, speaking of Disney+, Plus, we got our first trailer for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special airing next month. Uh, it looks to, while it will feature a majority of the cast, it looks like it's going to focus on Mantis and, and Drax as they go on the hunt to get Peter a gift since he's feeling kind of down for Christmas. That gift, the legendary Kevin Bacon. And yes, Kevin Bacon is playing himself, which is great. Sucks that we won't get Kevin Bacon as a character in the MCU, but getting him playing a essentially a more eccentric version of himself is uh, a fictionalized version of himself is is just as good. Um, that's, it's going to be great. It's going to be hilarious. Um, that airs later this month on Disney Plus. Um, we've also learned that. Hold on. Uh, Sausage Party, the Seth Rogen-helmed film uh, featuring the lives of creatures inside a supermarket, is getting a TV spinoff on Amazon Prime Video. It will be an adult show, so it's not for kids. Uh, It will have eight episodes, and it will be in 2024. Uh, Seth Rogen, Kristen Wiig, Michael Sarah, David Krumholtz, Edward Norton are all returning. Uh, We will get new cast members which include Will Forte, Sam Richardson, Natasha Rothwell, and Yasir Lester. Um, We don't know a whole lot about it right now, um, but (laughs) this is, that movie was ridiculous. Like, it was good, but it was also fucking weird. Um, I, I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about that. That's just, strange very very strange um i'll watch it though that's for damn sure uh and then let's move over to dc a bit here there's a lot of stuff going on at dc we'll talk about in a bit uh the arkham asylum show that they're working on that's a spinoff of the batman has gotten a new showrunner and antonio campos uh he'll be helming that show meanwhile that show is getting its own spinoff in the form of a Gotham City PD show, um, which will feature uh, uh, Commissioner Gordon as well. Um, I think Jeffrey Wright's returning for that. So that show, which was supposed to be just an Arkham Asylum show, will be split into two shows, one about Arkham, one about Gotham City PD. Sounds a lot like the Gotham show. Um And we've also learned that the Green Lantern show that was being hit up by uh, Greg Berlanti, which featured Seth Graham Smith as the writer, uh, Seth Graham Smith has stepped down. It will no longer focus on Alan Scott. It will focus entirely on Jon Stewart, um, which I'm fine with. I'm I'm big on that. And uh, that is still looking to start production soon. Um, Let's see... 
jumping back to Disney Plus here a bit, Moon Knight Season 2 is maybe possible. Uh, Oscar Isaac states has stated that he is in talks with Marvel, but no word yet on if he has signed back on. Um, and then today, uh, Ryan Johnson has announced a new show that he is the writer, director, and producer of with Natasha Lyonne for Poker Face, a new mystery of the week type show, which will premiere on Peacock in January. So we're getting Glass Onion in December and his new show on Peacock in January. I'm stoked for that. Um, and then let's talk about reviews of some shows. That House of the Dragon finale, huh? Ooh, the war's begun, baby. Uh, obviously some more changes have been made from the book, from my understanding. Uh, especially in regards to Aemon and, uh, what happened with him, the dragons, and, uh, Lucer- or, uh, No, Lucerus. Luke. Anyway. Uh, the war, the Dance of Dragons, has begun, officially. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll see more of that in Season 2 in the next year and a half. Uh, this episode was more focused on Rhaenyra and Daemon and their reaction to the death of, Jace- of um, Jaehaerys. And... Wait, what? Jaehaerys? Jaehaerys? I don't know. Fucking Valerian... Uh, uh, Targaryen names, um, and the setup for what will happen uh, in this Dance of Dragons, in this civil war between the Blacks and the Greens. I thought it was a great show. It ended amazingly, setting up the next season. Obviously, we're going to have at least four seasons uh, if the show continues to be very good. The showrunner stated that season two will feel like like mid-range Game of Thrones, and when I say mid-range, I mean like middle of the show when it was at firing on all cylinders. Um, we got to see Storm's End for the first time, I'm pretty sure, exterior-wise at least. So that was cool. Um, and then other than that, I'm excited to see where things go. And Damon is still Damon is still one of my favorite characters. And he actually got to talk more than usual. We got to see another large dragon in Vermithor. Uh, hopefully Vermithor, though, comes out of the cave in Season 2. Um, there's a really awesome shot in the Episode 2. Um, and someone online made a joke about like Jurassic Park-ass scene. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, that was, that was very Jurassic Park. Um, it's it's Vagar in the rain, like outside of the, the castle walls. Fucking cool scene. Um for sure. Um, moving over to Star Wars, Andor had uh, what I saw some people online calling a filler episode. I wouldn't necessarily call it that because we kind of see what everyone's doing. Um, Andor in prison, which he got locked up for last episode for not really doing anything. Um, it's an interesting prison, though. Um, everyone's barefoot because they shock everyone via the floor. Andy Circus is in it, which... Andy Serkis, welcome back to Star Wars as himself. Um, obviously, he previously voiced and did mocap for uh, uh, Snoke, um, Supreme Leader Snoke, in the sequel trilogy. Uh, but here we get him as himself playing a, a prisoner who leads 
everyone. It's kind of got like a Squid Game vibe to it. It's kind of interesting. Uh, we get to see more on Mon Mothma and her plotting on Coruscant. Uh, we get to see more of Cyril Karn, who is actually one of the best characters so far in the show. Um, he's this little weasel uh, who works at like the standards and practices of the Empire uh, and keeps trying to stick his nose in things. So ISB comes hunting him down. Um, it's fun to see like normal type clothes in, in Star Wars universe because we've never really seen it before. Uh, and then we actually see the return of uh, uh, Saw Gerrera. Forrest Whitaker returns to play the character one more time. Probably not one more time. I'm sure he'll do it again in the future for other things. Um, uh, but meeting with Stellan Skarsgård's character, uh, it was interesting to see. And then shit hits the fan on Ferex, the planet Cassian's been living on uh, before he got r arrested. Um, but it's a cool, cool episode. I, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a filler episode. We get to see more of the Empire, more of just things in general going on around the galaxy, and I, I enjoyed it. Um, and then Tales of the Jedi dropped today. It's uh, six ep short episodes. They work out to be an hour, just about an hour long. Um, I don't know why they call it Tales of the Jedi when it's really just a prequel and sequel to prequel to the movies and sequel to the Clone Wars. Um, and it's really the Ahsoka show. Let, let's, let's be honest. Uh, obviously not the live action Ahsoka show, but the episodes feature either a young Count Dooku leading up to the Phantom Menace um, or Ahsoka from when she's born to literally um, right after Revenge of the Sith. Um, the Count Dooku episodes are my favorite because you kind of start to see his downfall and what, what influenced that as well as... Um, his his relationship with Qui-Gon, a young Qui-Gon voiced by Liam Neeson's son. Uh, Qui-Gon literally, during the events of The Phantom Menace, voiced by Liam Neeson. Um, we get to see Dooku's downfall and him actually... We find out the fate of Yaddle, finally, and was killed by Dooku. Uh, Dooku was also the one that erased... We, we see on screen now, in canon, Dooku erasing the files of Kamino uh, in the Jedi Archives. Um, and then with Ahsoka stuff, we see Ahsoka, um, training with Anakin. We see, and Rex and all that, and it literally leads up to that final episode of the Clone Wars. Uh, and then we also see her interact with the most coolest Inquisitor yet, uh, voiced by Clancy Brown. Um, and then she was actually at Padme's funeral. It, it's very, very, very cool. Um, but again, it's just an hour. Uh, they're all really good shorts. I personally like the Dooku ones more. Um, but those are available now on Disney+. Plus. That is it for TV. Let's move over to movies, huh? Uh, Ryan Coogler has given a breakdown of his story of Black Panther 2, uh, of at least what it would have been before Chadwick died. Um, Chadwick Boseman, of course, passed away last year, known for playing T'Challa, Black Panther. Um... He was speaking to The Hollywood Reporter, and he said, the, quote, The script we wrote before Chadwick passed was very much rooted in T'Challa's perspective. It was a massive movie, but also simultaneously a character study that delved deeply into his psyche and situation. Uh, the Black Panther has existed in Wakanda for centuries, so the notion of someone else picking up the mantle didn't seem inorganic uh, in, term, in relation to the change. Um, 
but that would have been interesting to see uh, uh, more of a character study on T'Challa. Um, and uh, Adam Sandler, it's been announced that he's reteaming with his Uncut Gems director to work on a new movie for Netflix. Uh, it's rumored to be about card collecting, high stakes world of card collecting. Uh, Tim Burton was giving an interview and said that Dumbo was probably the last Disney movie he will ever make. Um, he was working, speaking with Deadline, and uh, he was given the Lumiere Festival in Lyon, France, where he or sorry, he was at the Lumiere Festival in Lyon, where he won the Prix Lumiere Award, which is a very prestigious award. Um, obviously, he began at Disney. If you guys didn't know that, that's where his career started. Uh, but what he said is, quote, my history is that I started out there. I was hired and fired like several times throughout my career there. The thing about Dumbo is that's why I think my days di with Disney are done. I realized that I was Dumbo, that I was working in this horrible big circus and I needed to escape. That movie is quite autobiographical at a certain level. Um, it's gotten to be very homogenized, very consolidated. There's less room for different types of things. This routine remake doesn't manage to, re uh, or sorry, uh, quote unquote. Uh, he even said that, uh, quote, only deal with one universe and can't deal with a multi-universe, quote unquote. So it doesn't sound like he'll ever be working to the with the MCU either, which is unfortunate. Um, but Tim Burton has always been a little more pro-DC, I think. He's a little more darker, so it makes sense if, if he ever goes back to work in that world. Um, speaking of DC, Black Adam has won the, the box office with $67 million, which is The Rock's highest debut ever, surprisingly. Um, we'll talk about the film in a bit. I enjoyed it. Uh, never have I seen such a huge disparity between, on the rotten scores, between user score and critic score, which critic score is at 40, user score is at 90 especially on a DC film. They're usually in tandem. Uh, and nor have I seen the user score go up on a DC movie over the weekend. I'm so saying that it started at 88 on Thursday, Friday, and it's been at 90% since Sunday. That That's crazy to me. It's rare to see that. Um, we've learned that Damon Lindelof is working on a Star Wars movie, and I don't want that man anywhere near that franchise. It might be set in after the, the sequels, which I, I guess maybe. But no, Damon Lindelof, go away. You and JJ need to go away from Star Wars. You don't know how to end things. You ruin shit. Go away. Go away. Um, <laughs> uh, Henry Cavill posted on his Instagram that he is officially back as Superman. Uh, no word on official return yet, but he is Superman. And if you saw Black Adam, you know why that's true. Um, we got our first trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which looks very fun, very interesting, very different from everything we've seen in the MCU so far. It is a very Quantumania film. Has It looks more like Loki than anything in terms of like the aesthetic. But that makes sense because we're dealing with Kang and in Loki, he who remains ran the TVA and who is a version of Nathaniel Rick Richards. Um, so it, it makes sense. Um, 
Jonathan Majors looks like he's having a ton of fun playing Kang. I'm stoked to see Paul Rudd back as, as uh, Scott Lang and as Ant-Man. Um, looks like we're going to have a lot more of Janet Van Dyne played by... Uh, um, oh, God, why can't I think of her name? Um, Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't know why I couldn't think of Michelle Pfeiffer's name. Uh, she's going to be more in the movie. It's funny that Jonathan Majors had two trailers come out. Uh, also the trailer for Creed 3, where he will be playing the antagonist. Uh, I made a joke to my friends, just because of how big Jonathan Majors has gotten for the roles. I was like, Kang about to conquer the fuck out of Killmonger. <laughs> um, we've learned that in the face of the changing DCU, DC Universe, Cinematic Universe, or DC Universe, uh, that Joker 2 will remain outside of the main universe, which makes sense. Um, and then I want to talk about... James Cameron calls out the MCU and DC films for being juvenile. Like, bro, do you expect them to be, like, works of art? I, like, I, get off your, like, your hoity-toity ass, James. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Really? Really, right now. My God. He said, so dumb. Dumbest thing I've ever heard. James Cameron say, he was talking to the New York Times, said, quote, Zoe and Sam now play parents 15 years later. In the first movie, Sam's character leaps off his flying creature and essentially changes the course of history as a result of this crazy, almost suicidal leap of faith. And Zoe's character leaps off a limb and assumes there's going to be some nice big leaves down there that can cushion her fall. But when you're a parent, you don't think that way. So for me, as a parent of five kids, I'm saying, oh, hold on, uh, I lost my quote. The quote I was reading disappeared. Uh, give me a second. Uh, but when you're a parent, you don't think that way. So for me, as a parent of five kids, I'm saying, what happens when those characters mature and realize that they have a responsibility outside of their own survival? Um, when I look at these big spectacle films, I'm looking at you, Marvel, in DC. It doesn't matter how old the characters are. They all act like they're in college. They have relationships, but they really don't. They never hang up their spurs because of their kids. The things that really ground us and give us power, love, and a purpose. Those characters don't experience it, and I think that's not the way to make movies, quote-unquote. Dude, they're comic book movies. Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Get your pretentious ass out of here. They're ju like, bro, they're not supposed to be like that. That's not what those... I, I don't even want to waste any more breath on it. Because of how asinine it is. Bro, you're making a movie of Pocahontas in space. Get out of here, bro. No room to talk. You make Terminator. Go away. Go away with your stupid ass comments. Jesus Christ. Um, my final bit of movie news before we talk about Black Adam. DC has uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. Warner Brothers Discovery has finally found uh, someone to head up DC Studios, as it will now be called. James Gunn, yes, that James Gunn of Guardians of the Galaxy and the Suicide Squad, uh, has been named co-CEO along with Peter Safran, who is a longtime producer who has produced 
most of the Annabelle creation universe, uh, as well as a lot of DC films. Uh, via The Hollywood Reporter and everyone else now, uh, Gunn will be the uh, the creative side of the, the studio head job. Safran will handle the business and production elements. I guess Pixar is very similar. Um, and uh, Gunn and Safran will be the top, top executives overseeing movies, TV, and animation for DC. Um, and... Wow, this is great. This is actually really, really great news. Um, I am very excited for this. James Gunn is probably the best person for them uh, to put in charge right now uh, with Peter Safran. Like I said, they've both done a lot um, for that universe um, in general. So unfortunately with this, you know, James Gunn will now no longer be able to make um, Guardians of the Galaxy or Marvel movies, which, understandable, <laughs> um, but they, uh, this was a, uh, Zaslav said, David Zaslav, the head of uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, quote, DC has among the most entertaining, powerful, and iconic characters in the world, and I'm thrilled to have the singular and complimentary talents of James and Peter joining our world-class team and overseeing the creative direction of the story DC Universe. Their decades of experience in filmmaking, close ties to the creative community, and proven track record, thrilling superhero fans around the globe, make them uniquely qualified to develop a long-term strategy across film, TV, and animation, and take this iconic franchise to the next level of creative storytelling. Uh, Gunn and Safran went on to say, quote, We're honored to be the stewards of these DC characters we've loved since we were children. We look forward to collaborating with the most talented writers, directors, and actors in the world, to create an integrated, multi-layered universe that still allows for the individual expression of the artists involved. Our commitment to Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Harley Quinn, and the rest of the DC stable of characters is only equaled by our commitment to the wonder of humanity possibility these characters represent. We're excited to invigorate the theatrical experience around the world as we tell some of the biggest, most beautiful, and grandest stories ever told. We're especially enthusiastic about doing all this with Mike, Pam, Casey, Channing, and the whole Warner Brothers Discovery team, and grateful to David Zaslav, whose bold vision for the future of the franchise we share and allows for this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Most of all, we can't bring wait to bring it all to you in the story of the DCU. Quote, unquote. Um, the Mike, Pam, Casey, Channing, all those, those are the heads of Warner Brothers, uh, Casey Bloys, the head of uh, HBO Max, HBO. Um, so I am very, very, very excited for this. Uh, James Gunn being in charge means a lot of people will come in. Obviously, it hints that they still want to focus on uh, like a, a creator-driven style. Um, it looks like they're not necessarily ditching the, the Snyderverse as a whole, as more and more hints of that are... Keep popping up, um, but I'm sure they'll make some changes to it. Um, but this is major news, very big. I'm very excited. Um, and obviously, Kevin Feige, Marvel president and CCO, and James's former boss, said, um, "Quote: Well, he has got a lot of work to do for Marvel between now and May, which he's well aware of. But after that, I'll be first in line to see anything he." does 
uh, quote-unquote. And that was uh, someone was interviewing him on the red carpet for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which happened today. Um, because obviously Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy 3 comes out in May, so he'll still have to do some stuff for that in between. Um, they start their job November 1st. That's their official start date. Uh, so good luck to James and Peter. I'm very excited. Can't wait to see what happens. Um, meanwhile, before we finish the show, I do want to talk about Black Adam. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, I would say it, it's not amazing by any standards. It's not as bad as the critics say. Some asshole at the San Francisco Chronicle said it was the worst movie ever made. I made that joke to a friend and he's like, yeah, well, you know, Steven Seagal movies exist. <laughs> that, was, that was really funny. Uh, shout out to Shane on that joke. Um, no, the movie's fun. It's like a 7 out of 10, right? It's not It's not earth-shattering. It's a fun action-adventure movie. It's The Rock. Like you, you, It's a rock movie. You know what you're getting. Um, there's definitely things that seemed a little cookie-cutter. Uh, and I that might be because the director... I don't think English is the director's first language. Um, and there's some stale jokes in there as well, which I, I get. Again, I completely understand. Um, tell them the man in black sent you. But no, it's a fun origin story for a superhero, for a uh, super being. <laughs> Black Adam's not really a hero in the truest sense of the word. Um, not necessarily in the comics, not in the movie. Uh, I loved Hawk, seeing Hawkman in live action in a movie, not just on a show. Um, and uh, Pierce Brosnan killed it as... Uh, Dr. Fate. Dr. Fate, in the movie, he takes the helmet off way more than I'm used to for Dr. Fate, because my Dr. Fate experience is mostly in Young Justice, so it was weird watching him take his helmet off all the time, when in Young Justice he really can't. Um, but Nobu's a badass. That's the name of the helmet. That's the name of God inhabiting the, the helmet. Um, the chemistry between Cyclone and Atom Smasher was off the fucking charts, bro. Uh, if we can get more Justice Society, I'm all down for it. Uh, Amanda Waller plays a bigger role in the film than I thought. Vi Viola Davis is killing it as, as Amanda Waller. Um, the character Amanda Harcourt returns from both The Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. Uh, she's heading up a new Task Force X Black Sight Prison. Um, The Rock was really good as Black Adam, not going to lie. Uh, the character, of, I think Tarek, who's the, the, the brother of the, the main girl, um, dude was hilarious. Even singing, baby, come back. No, Black, Black Adam's fun. Um, the Sabak character was interesting. It, it turns into like a typical CGI fight fest at the end, which every superhero movie is going to be like that. Um, but I, like I said, I really, really enjoy the film. Um, not perfect. Again, it's like a, a seven out of 10, totally fine with that. Um, the, uh, uh, funnily enough, um, there's a different version of Teth Adam, Black Adam in, in the past, and he's played by Uli Latu, Latukefu, who actually plays Young Rock in the Young Rock TV show. So it was like perfect casting. Um, 
oh, Karim. Why did I say Tariq? Karim. Uh, this actor, Mo Amer, Mohed Amer. Dude was hilarious. Um, that He is plays a great character in the movie. Look, should you watch it? If you're into superhero films or you like The Rock, 100% yes, right? Um, if you're not really into those movies, probably don't watch it. Um, but it's fun. Definitely go watch it in a big theater on a big screen. You can hear the big booms, explosions, things like that. Great use of music in the film. Um, and like I said, the, all the characters are well-written. The comedy is, is placed perfectly. It doesn't fi- feel out of place. Um, it's very similar in like that to Shazam, um, which obviously Black Adam and Shazam will face each other at some point in the future. Um, the there is some serious points which fit. Uh, it's it's just it's a fun movie, right? And I enjoyed it very much. I would say it's a it's a good movie. It's not great. It's not terrible. It's a, it's a good movie, um, and that's why I said it's like a seven out of ten, right? Um, and I actually enjoyed it a lot more than Thor Love and Thunder. And I enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder. Um, but no, this this movie I felt was a lot better. There's a lot of funny parts where I just laughed very out loud. Um, and stuff that's not necessarily funny, but it was just, it was funny. Um, but I enjoyed Black Panther, or Black Panther, Black Adam very much. Uh, and as I stated before, this big spoiler, show's kind of over, so it's okay. Uh, Henry Cavill is in the film. Uh, it is a mid-credit sequence, but Henry Cavill is in the film as Superman, uh, thus signaling his return as the big blue Boy Scout. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, but that concludes our show today. Thank you guys for listening. As always, week in, week out. Um, next week, we will be talking about Call of Duty. Uh, it does come out this week. Um, I'm a little disappointed because I heard the campaign is only six hours, which is very short. For Call of Duty, especially a Modern Warfare campaign. Uh, the campaign has been out for some time already, so I'm sure you've seen a lot about it because if you pre-ordered the digital version, you got the campaign a week early. Um, but I will be sinking my teeth into that game this weekend. Uh, no movie this weekend, but we'll see. Uh, Black Panther doesn't come out for a couple weeks. Um, so that's going to be the next movie review we have. Uh, like I said, Call of Duty will be the next game review, and then anything else in between. Um, like I said, that's it for this week. This was episode 233. Thank you guys for listening. As always, check out nixnerdnews.com, so that way you guys can uh, listen to the show right in your browser. Uh, or if you prefer, you can listen to us on the go. You'll find links to our Spotify page, our Google Podcast page, our Apple Podcast page. We're on iHeartRadio. Uh, we're on all the major streaming services, Amazon Music, things like that. Uh, also, while you're there, check out the um, link to our social media tab where you can find all of our feeds in one place, Twitter, Instagram, uh, uh, Facebook, or just search Nixner News on your preferred social media platform of choice. Uh, and as I stated at the top of the show, don't forget to check out our Discord where you guys can interact with each other, talk about the show, interact with me, um, post memes, things like that. And uh, I will catch you guys. On the flip side.